Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mason, this podcast has become a staple of my Monday morning. And you might be thinking, but James, the podcast feed I'm on currently is for the Weekly Planet, which might be a staple of my Monday morning. I thought you were going to say the week of mind. The week. (laughs) Look, this is a roundabout way of me saying... Happy Thursday, first of all, but also happy you should listen to Tofop because it's a wonderful podcast. That's right. uh, With two good friends of ours. Good friends. Two people we know who we're friendly with. I don't want to say good friends because we don't hang out all the time. No. Friendly. When we hang out most of the time. We hang out a lot of the time. Six days out of the week, we (laughs) hang out with them. The remaining day, we have to do our own podcast. So there's just no time. There's just no time. Uh, It's Charlie Corson, who you might know from various Australian entertainment media, including uh, Wolf Creek. The TV series, yeah. uh, Which you can stream if you would like to. And uh, Will Anderson, who you'd know from... Probably everything, because he's, uh, yeah. he's on Gruen Transfer, great stand-up comedian. Your childhood hero. That's true. I yeah. used to listen to a lot of, uh, when he was on the, well, see, he's back on the radio, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, him, him and Adam on Triple J. But look, it's a, it's a great show, and the way that they uh, kind of have to describe it, if you twist their arm, it's two great mates having a bloody comedy chat or whatever, which mm-hmm. sounds a bit naff, but it's, it's often <laughs> hilarious. But also, I think it sounds great and it is great. Okay, good. No, but it genuinely is. Anyway, we've banged on long enough, haven't we, Mason? Yes, we have. Time to listen to two other blokes bang on for long enough. Isn't that the truth? That's the truth. And the tooth. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I don't know if I've ever told you about the time when I was in uh, year 11, year 10 or 11 science class and... We had this teacher who was, fair to say, had a volatile... um, He was a good teacher. Like, I I don't want to unfairly misrepresent him, but you didn't want to get on his bad side because if he cracked it, he was like a proper old school teacher in his punishments and how viciously he cracked it. Like, you know, he was a throw throw chalk at people style teacher. He was a, you know... He was the sort of teacher you might send into some sort of, if you were rebooting that Michelle Pfeiffer movie and you wanted a male mm. lead of a guy that you were going to send into some troubled community to turn around <laughs> a group of boys, then uh, this, was, this was your sort of guy. And um, one of his punishments he would do was, uh, we had like stools because, you know, it's a science lab, you know, so you had those tall stools that you would sit on at school. And one of the punishments... Bastool. Yeah, a bar stool. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we didn't call them bar stools back then, but essentially, yeah, it's a bar stool. And uh, his big punishment was that he'd make you hold the bar stool out, like in front of you, for like you know, like two minutes or whatever. Which doesn't seem like that long, but it's it's actually really, really painful and really, really heavy. Um, so anyway, he was a personal trainer, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> 
But I had a teacher. <laughs> I had a, I had a teacher whose uh, form of punishment. Me and a kid were fighting in class. I think it was like year six or something. And so he made us get up in front of the class, and we had to apologize to each other in front of the class. But we had to do it in song. <laughs> so what? He, it was like like in song. So you had to say, "So it was like a I'm theater, sorry." Like a theater, theater sports game. He was like, "I'm going to throw you a song. I'm going to throw you an emotion. You're sorry." Uh, it needs to be in the form of a musical and a duet. It was punishment through humiliation because we had to do it in front of the entire class. And you had to make up this, you had to choose the words and make up the melody for the song as you sang it. And it wasn't just like you did one verse. We had to go back and forth. Like, you know, you had to say, I'm sorry for taking your pencil case. And the other guy said, that's okay, Charlie. And you're like, and then he's like, keep going. You're like, and... I hope that we never fight again. <laughs> and that would just go on and on and on and on. And you would be so humiliated that you're like, yeah, right. I'm not going to muck around in this teacher's class anymore. I mean, that is, again, if you were going to reboot it, like, you know, uh, Michelle. Vine, dangerous Minds. A Dangerous Minds style movie. I, I, for some reason, I was about to say Despicable Me, but that was not a sequel to Dangerous Minds. Uh, so, um, if you're going to reboot it, I love the idea of someone, oh, you get, um, Lynn Manuel, uh, you know, the Hamilton guy. Miranda. Yeah. 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 yeah, And Miranda from Sex in the City. You get the Hamilton guy (laughs) and Miranda from Sex in the City and you send them into a high school (laughs) to teach kids about, uh, the power of music. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like a dead poet society, but it's like dead, uh, improvisational song society. Well, it's funny you should bring up Impro and Theatre Sports, Will, because uh, we put out a call last week uh, to the listeners to send us, send us some, some letters. Content is what we wanted. <laughs> We're running short on ideas and we need, you guys to, we need you guys to bloody pull your weight, contribute a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have put it like that, but I appreciate the aggression <laughs> and the way that you've lent into that to our audience. We basically just said you can give us some feedback. Most companies do it, actually, Charlie. I mean, this bottle of water in front of me has a number on the back you can call and leave them some feedback. That be your drinking, I imagine, has a number you can call and leave them feedback. Every Uber ride you ever get into asks for feedback. If you go to a restaurant, you can rate it on the internet. We are in a feedback society. So the idea that we might ask our audience for a little bit of feedback should not have been delivered quite as aggressively as you've delivered <laughs> it. Like, can you imagine? And also eight years after we started our business. You know what I mean? Like, we've been up and running for a really long time. We finally asked for feedback. And the first thing we do is slap the audience down. I mean, admittedly, that is coming from me, who essentially answered emails for seven years with, fuck off, it's a free podcast. So I might not be in a position to talk either. (laughs) Well, we got a lot of people uh, submitting some really good letters. We're not going to get to all of them um, because uh, a lot of them uh, uh, contain links to videos and web pages and Wikipedia pages that we can uh, refer to at a later date. But this one uh, letter did catch my eye, and it's really a letter to you, Will. Oh, okay. Now, I'm... I'm not sure if you'll remember this name, but this person knows you. It's from Aaron Allen. Okay. No, I can't. No? I, I don't really Doesn't ring a bell. Aaron Allen, I mean, it's a good superhero name. It's got that alliteration that comic book characters normally have. Aaron Allen. Yeah. And the, and the twist is that he's like the Flash, but he's also an alcoholic. So uh, <laughs> AI has a double meaning for him, which is like he can run really fast, but only when he's drunk, but he's trying to give up booze. It's a real, it's yeah. a real mess he's in. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to reach super speeds, he has to get really drunk and then be running from the cops. Like he's like pissing in an alleyway or something. And then the cops come. So right. that's when his superpower activates. Yeah, he has to be absolutely blind drunk. So in any emergency, he essentially has to have a bottle of Jaeger on him at all times. He doesn't have a utility belt. He has a small mini bar that he carries around around his waist in case of emergency. <laughs> Okay, so it's quite a long letter, but I, I think it's worth getting into. He starts with, okay. hey, Will, so let's talk about a moment from your teenage years, and we're talking about three words, high school theatre sports. Okay, is that three words? I guess theatre sports is like an amalgamated word. Well, yeah, he amalgamated the words. In, in, in his delivery, it's, it's three words. So some context first. I was driving back from performing at Port Ferry Folk Festival. I'm a mandolin player for hire these days. And in my car, I had someone uh, who I'd met there who I offered to give a lift back to Melbourne. As we were coming into town past the Westgate, your face was on a Triple M billboard and became a point of conversation. She told me that she really liked your comedy and listens to your podcast religiously. I told her that to me, you're that bloke from the grammar school that I used to play theatre sports against. Anything yet? No? No, no. I, I, okay. I mean, I think if I knew somebody who was a mandolin player when they were at high school, I would never have forgotten them. So for, uh, at this stage, I'm drawing a blank because I feel like they have a distinctive thing about them. If I was like, hey, remember that guy from the high school who plays the mandolin? I think everybody would know that guy. Dude, his name is Aaron Allen and he plays the mandolin. Like, that is lyrics from a song. Of course you would remember that guy. Exactly. He's that guy that Mumford and Sons wrote a whole album about. In fact, when Aaron Allen's teacher would punish him in school, he would get up with his mandolin and have to sing his apology while playing the mandolin. (laughs) All right. So he thinks of you as the bloke from the grammar school that I used to play theatre sports against. I began to tell her about the inter-school competitions in sale, and she seemed to know an awful lot about such an obscure thing, admitting that Will has talked about this on the podcast. I don't remember this, but I'm... Look, do you remember us having this conversation? Well, about here's, sports? here's the thing I will say, Charlie, is that I, we've had a lot of conversations in our lives, both on the podcast and off of the podcast. And Yeah, uh, it's hard to separate. I mean, I played theatre sports at high school, and... Um, yeah, okay, sure. I'm, I'm guessing that at some stage I've talked about it on the podcast. I'm happy, I'm happy so far to lock in the facts of this, that we're being contacted by some undercover superhero who plays the mandolin <laughs> by day and solves crimes at night. And uh, the fact that there is a billboard of me in Melbourne, so that checks out in the story. And I yeah. did play high school theatre sports and I did go to the grammar school. So, so far, there's a lot of evidence here to suggest that what is to follow is correct. But let's uh, strap in and see. Fact checked, fact checked, fact checked. So we're doing this is like this is Mueller esque investigation. I'm presenting you with the document, and I'm just asking you to corroborate or dismiss certain parts of the letter. But look, by, by the way, I also should say the thing that I say all the time when I'm being interviewed about my own life, which is if you want to know something about my life, I am the worst person to ask because I have a terrible memory, but also I have a memory of reframing things in a way, particularly because of my job. <laughs> And I've noticed this very much with this show I'm writing about the arrest. Like it's gone from in the last four weeks from being, you know, my story and me knowing everything about it and thinking all these different moments of are important to being an audience's story, which is a much kind of different story. Still the same story, but you drop out bits that I thought were important that the audience don't and all these sort of things. And then suddenly, Mm. if I tell that enough times, 
that's going to be the story. So in my mind, the yeah. story will be the show. So often I talk about like, you know, when I grew up on the farm and we had a cat called Cricket Bat and we had a dog called Nintendo, I had a joke about that. And I was talking to my parents about it and they're going, you know that like we didn't though, right? And I'm like, did we not? I'm pretty sure we did. And they were like, no, no, no. You've just had a joke about that that you did for too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when we had my mum on the podcast when we did that Christmas bonus. And I was, I have for a long time plied this uh, story of me being like Oliver Twist, you know, the youngest right. of nine children living in this leaky house. And then mum was on and was like, oh no, Charles had a wonderful upbringing. <laughs> like, it's like completely created my own myth. Like, I mean, maybe from my perspective, there was some, I never had, you had a, at least you had a, a cat called Nintendo. I didn't even have a Nintendo. Right. But I don't think that we did have a cat called Nintendo. I think I just made that up as part of a joke and then believed it was true. I know I mourned that dead fictional cat. <laughs> All right, back to Aaron Allen. Okay. I began to tell her about the inter-school competitions and sale, and she seemed to know an awful... Oh, no, so hang on. So we'll talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. She sent me a couple of links to a, particular epi- to a particular episode, and I had quite a surreal listen. So I want to let you know something. In 1991... All right, 1991... Mike Hal, can you just look up what were some key uh, touchstones of 1991? Let's, let's paint a picture of what was going on there so we can get an idea of what music... You know what this is like, Charlie? This is like on those, like when yeah. they're trying to get somebody to remember something for like a criminal case or whatever, they'll give them smells or the sort of noises of the environment because they trigger your memory. We've got to create yeah. an idea of what was going on in the year 1991 so I can sort of regress back to yeah. high school me yeah. and understand that era. Okay, we've got some pop culture information here about 1991. So what would you have been wearing then? Like, well, so 91, how old would you have been? Uh, like 17? Well, here's what I can tell you. It would have been, yeah, look, 16, 16 probably. I think I was playing from memory theatre sports with some guys who were in the year above me at school, which means I'm year 11, which means I'm 16. Um, I probably yeah. could have also just worked that out by the year and the year I was born and doing the maths on that. So let's say 17. <laughs> based, on, based on the maths, 17, depending on what time of the year it was. But um, okay, I, so- I, I will, I'll tell you this. I know what I was wearing at school, which was a school uniform. Um, but I okay. also know what I was wearing uh, when we played the high school theatre sports competition because my mum had sewn us some comical style rainbow hammer shorts. So you're talking the era of your hammer short and she had made for our theatre sports team a a selection of matching baggy rainbow style colourful hammer shorts. Okay, well here are some big musical artists of that era, 1991. Amy Grant, Brian Adams. BB and CC Winnens. Boys to Men, Brian Adams. CNC Music Factory. Kathy Dennis, Color Me Bad, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and on in Vogue. Any of those on your Walkman? Yeah, definitely. CNC Music Factory. Everybody dance now. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like that was a quite a popular. We had a, another teacher who was our accounting teacher who always used to go, hmm. And then that song, <laughs> Things That Make You Go, hmm, came out. And oh, Charlie, the playground erupted with the japes that we made about that song and that teacher. Uh, <laughs> What a time for comedy. Until he threw an eraser at you. (laughs) 
He was the guy. Okay. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but this was the teacher who um, used to, when we were doing our exercises from our books, think we weren't looking, and he would take the lids off the uh, whiteboard markers and he would sniff the whiteboard and sniff markers. Them? Oh, man, that guy was definitely a junkie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you the top 10 shows of 1991, yep. and you tell me which ones you would watch. 60 Minutes. Uh, no. Roseanne. Yes. Murphy Brown. Yes. Cheers. Yes. Home Improvement. Well, actually, no, not Cheers, because I remember when I went to uni, I'd never seen Cheers, and I watched every single episode of Cheers, because Channel 9 were playing them every night, and like when you're at uni, you do ridiculous things like that. So I decided to watch every single episode of Cheers, but like on regular TV, night after night. Home Improvement? Uh, <laughs> That's a yes? <laughs> designing, designing Women? No. Nope. Full House? Uh, yeah, probably. Murder, comma, She Wrote? Oh, definitely Murder, She Wrote. I was a big Angela Lansbury fan. <laughs> Major Dad? Nope. And Coach. Which one was Coach? Uh, Craig T. Nelson, I think was Coach. Craig T. Ne- Craig T. Nelson. I always get that one. I always get that one confused with uh, whatever the, the Burt Reynolds sitcom was. Okay. I don't think I was watching 10 Coach films. at the time, but I think that I was, um, uh, I watched it at some later stage. Top 10 films. Tell me if you would have watched any of this in 1991. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator 2. Uh, nah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Nah. Beauty and the Beast. Nah. Silence of the Lambs. Nah. City Slickers. Maybe. Hook. No. The Adams Family. No. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you got two choices. Oh, this piece of mother or sales. I definitely prefer 
Don't you? Because that's a sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that's supercharging your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. For example, Ruggable, Nix, Magnolia, Cotton, and so many more. Now you're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. The Shopify app store has the migration apps that you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every e-commerce platform to Shopify. And maybe you're one of those people who are like, hey, don't put me in a box. I don't want to be in this box, either metaphorically or for real. Thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, you can control your brand and business from your storefront look to your back office operations. You know what's really annoying when you're checking out from an online store and you have to put in all your payment details and all sorts of numbers and letters and whatnot? Well, with the Shopify store, they actually remember my shipping address or your shipping address if you were using yours, plus the payment information. So say if I'm on the couch and my wallet is in the kitchen, I didn't even have to get up, which is my favorite thing. Stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow and run their business. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash weekly planet or lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash weekly planet. Shopify.com slash weekly planet. Cha-ching sound effect. <laughs> what the fuck did you do at night? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you from that is I remember seeing all of those films once I went to university so obviously I'm from the country and these were the days where I think films took a little while longer to get out to the country. <laughs> yeah, you guys were just get, you, you were just getting the latest Charlie Chaplin film. I, I think the last thing I remember seeing at the movies was like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> oh, well, that's appropriate. <laughs> All right. Oh, you know, actually there's one, more, there's one more thing I want to talk about from 91 before we get back to the letter. Okay. Is... Which of these women are you most likely to have a poster of on your wall? Oh, great. Christi- Christine Applegate. No. <laughs> Candace no. Berg. Candace Bergen. She's, all right. Linda no. Evangelista. Naomi Campbell. No. Jennifer Connolly. No. Oh, really? I thought that would have been a big yes. Cindy Crawford. No. Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> no. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, I didn't watch Seinfeld until I went to uni, but for the sake of saying <laughs> yes to something, yes. I feel like your time in Hayfield, you were just kept in like stasis. <laughs> You'd two, go to school, come home. We had two TV networks. One of them was the ABC. We didn't see a lot of stuff. <laughs> Elvira. Uh, no. Uh, Angie Everhart. No. Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know, maybe like a silence poster, the Silence yeah. of the Lambs poster. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully that, hopefully that, not the accused. That would be disturbing. <laughs> yeah, look, I was just really into crime. <laughs> Robin Givens? Uh, no. Rachel Hunter? No. Kathy Island? Don't even know who that is. Oh my God, are you kidding? I even I had a Kathy Island poster. She was like the Sports Illustrated model. It was her and Elle McPherson were like neck and neck for years about who would get the cover. Really? No? I've never heard yeah. of her. 
Tawny Katane. I think she's in a White Snake music video. Okay, no. Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> no. Elle McPherson. Yeah, come maybe. on, you're an Australian. Maybe I'll be you, you would have stolen the tag, one of her like bra tags. You would have stolen from a department store and kept it under your, under your mattress. I'm sure. I feel like that's a little bit more an insight into your life than it is in mine. <laughs> you get the Target catalog. You just flick straight through to the underwear section. You're like oh, perfect. Boy. Pre pre internet porn. <laughs> pre internet. Pre being able to afford Playboy porn. Madonna. Um. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Madonna. Kate Moss? Yeah, definitely Kate Moss. All right. Okay. I feel like we're getting somewhere. <laughs> uh, Priscilla Presley. Come on. She's not on anyone's fucking I thought wall. you were about to say Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So I guess it's a different <laughs> direction. No, not Priscilla Presley. Princess Diana. Oh, no. And if even if I had, I would just tell you no. But also no. <laughs> Claudia Schiffer. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Claudia Schiffer. Uh, I'm putting together. I'm just writing notes under the. Uh, uh, you can't see, but under the table, I'm just writing notes. My psychological profile. Stephanie Seymour. Uh, no. Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Sharon Stone. Or a movie poster with Sharon Stone on it, I'm sure. Heather Thomas. Who is that? I'm going to say no just because I, I don't know who she is. Chrissy Turlington? Eh, maybe. And Vanessa Williams? No, no, not Vanessa Williams. <laughs> All right. So I think we've constructed a fairly accurate view of what you're, you'd look like in 91. Uh-huh. You're not watching any TV or seeing any movies. You're wearing your theatre sports pants. Um, and you maybe have a poster of Claudia Schiffer or Kate Moss on your wall. Yeah, okay. I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay. So the year is 1991. Boys to men are ruling the charts. Yeah. The, it's we haven't yet come to the end of the road. <laughs> this is 1991, which was mine and probably your final year of school. Yeah. Uh, there was an inter-school comp at St. Pat's Hall in Sale. Sounding familiar? Checks out? Yeah. It can't have been my last year at school because we played with some older boys, but um it's got to be year 11 at school but so 91 might not be the right year i'm i'm a bit skeptical about the idea that it was 1991 might have been okay your team formerly over the top were now known as no no idea monolithic epicureanism monolithic epicureanism yeah is that what does that mean uh i have no idea What's okay. Epicureanism? Well, if they said it formally over the top, I don't actually. So here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up now. Monolithic uh, Epicureanism. Yeah. So the first thing I'm gonna tell you is that I have um, absolutely no no memory, shame, absolutely <laughs> no memory of this. So yeah. um, I remember playing in a team called Over the Top. Uh, and Mike Hell's got it. Oh, okay. What is it? Epicurean... Uh, oh, I just lost it. It was there. Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. So Epicureanism, an ancient school of philosophy founded in Athens by Epicurus. The school rejected determinism and advance and advocated hedonism. So we were about uh, hedonism, <laughs> but also monolithic. 
So I guess it was meant to be about the juxtaposition of two competing ideas. You can't hear this right now, everyone, but I'm shaking my head. You little turds. Like <laughs> precocious little turds. So the first thing I'm going to say is, honest, to set the scene, I remember over the top. I remember uh, us competing as over the top, but this is why the year of this has been bothering me because I'm a, I assume that I'm about to learn about another time in my life that I have absolutely no memory of, which is the year after Over the Top, where the two guys who are in the older year have moved on. So the year would be 1991. I am in year 12, but apparently we formed another theatre sports team with some other people. And what I've got to tell Ah. you about that, Charlie, is I have absolutely no memory of this ever (laughs) happening. And... This uh, now I'm fucking all in. Up until this point, I was like, "Oh yeah, someone else has got a perspective on something that a story that I've already told on the podcast." But you are literally about to read me something that I probably am going to be learning about at the same time as the audience <laughs> is learning about, which is both exciting and terrifying. All right, let's dive back in, shall we? Your team, formerly over the top, now monolithic Epicureanism. And I had finally risen through the ranks of, a sh- of shitty sale Catholic college teams from the previous years to captain our re- representative squads. Does that ring true? You're a captain? Uh, I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> and you guys were the champions to beat. Uh-huh. After, an, after an evening of games, the field had been eliminated down to you guys and us. Your team played first. Bringing the house down with a freaking tight three minutes and scoring high with the judges, requiring us to play a stellar last game. So in the spirit of all great kind of sport movies or, you know, music films, Eight Mile or whatever, it's a big showdown at the end. You're the Cobra Kai. This right. dude is scrappy, scrappy little uh, Daniel son. Just, yeah. just, trying to, just trying to compete with the big boys. This, motherfu- this motherfucker is the Mighty Ducks. And I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you're the bad guy. I yeah. imagine like... Imagine while this is going on, like you and all your your theatre sports dudes are strutting around, like, and after you do your little act, you're high-fiving each other and stuff and, like, really chest out, just, like, peacocking back and forth, waiting for these, these guys to get up. They're probably all wearing – they don't even have, like, school uniforms. They're probably, like, mismatched outfits. One kid's really overweight. One of them's got, like, really thick glasses. There's a girl on the team. They're, they're, they're a ragtag bunch of misfits. That's how I'm imagining this. Yeah, and also, like, look at the uh, – if you were doing the movie of this, it's perfect because we were the ragtag bunch. We were over the top. But now we've gone all mm. fucking, we think we're too smart for our own good. We're called monolithic <laughs> Epicureanism, for fuck's sake. You know, yeah, where the really? be. And this, you know, poor kid who, you know, has felt cheated over the years. He's finally the captain of his high school theatre sports team. You know, he's like, he's been mocked all through high school for his interest in the mandolin. And now finally, his other love, improvisation, uh, has brought him to the top. He's got some new uh, theatre sports coach who's been uh, appointed by a judge because he had a drink-driving uh, qualification <laughs> and he got sentenced to coach a high school theatre sports team. They bonded over the fact that his initials are AA and this guy had been sent to AA. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was a misunderstanding. This, uh, this coach got sent to AA, but instead of going to Alcoholics Anonymous, he just right. turned up at Aaron's house. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. Okay, so Aaron continues. Our turn was up, and I remember we were nominated by the compare to play a rhyming game. 
something I was terrible at, and the first minute showed as I stumbled from one shitty non-rhyme to the next. Well, Charlie... So that's awesome. The, uh, this is what I'm going to say about that, is that's not a fucking theatre sports game. That is, as you have already explained, a high school punishment. They've got to the final <laughs> round, and they've been given this. If you're making the movie about this, you'd have them being taught by the teacher who shamed people into singing and rhyming, and then in the final moment of this theatre sports game... Uh, yeah, he'd be shamed it's wax into on. doing the thing that it, you know, it so embarrassed him up to it, this point. It's the wax on, wax off of yeah. theatre sports. Yeah, like absolutely. when he was being punished by his teacher, he didn't realise why he was being made to do this rhyming game, but this teacher was trying to prepare him for a greater battle yet to come. Yeah, it's Karate Kid meets 8 Mile, but with theatre yeah. sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, it sounds like the worst movie ever. <laughs> As I stumbled from one shitty non rhyme to the next. I can imagine that at the pitch meeting. You're like, it's Karate Kid. And the executives are like, oh, this is good. We like the yes. Karate Kid franchise. Go on, go on. Beats eight mile. And then suddenly they're up in yes. the chair. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Set in the world of competitive yes. sports. Have this man killed. <laughs> this man killed. From the trap, that's when the trap, trap door just opens up. As I stumbled from one shitty non-rhyme to the next, the audience was audibly shifting uncomfortably. Now, oh, no. Now, what, like, that's the, 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 word, the words he chose to use are very important here because he's saying the audience audibly shifted uncomfortably. It's not that they were talking or sniggering. He could hear them moving in their chairs. It was that awkward. It was making people squirm. <laughs> the audience shifting uncomfortably. I took the whole team down with me. It was a disaster. The longest three minutes of my teenage years. It came time for the judges' score. We won. 12 to 15. Somehow we won. Our teams came together to shake hands. And you said to me, and I'll never forget, I can't believe you guys got a 12 for that. (laughs) He goes on. Always telling it like it is, Charlie, even if I don't remember (laughs) it. He goes on. You say, I can't believe you got a 12 for that. He goes, By me the neither, way, I, I should point out me at this neither. point that it doesn't surprise me that we lost this because there was a state final involved the year before that we had been to. And uh, when I told the original story, we had a very similar moment where we got a game that we were no good at and froze at the state final. We had to play this thing called scene without a question where you have to do a normal mm. scene, but you're just not allowed to ask any questions. And uh, I think the first two things we said is, what is that? And the next person said, can I lick it? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, think, I think three of us were eliminated in the first like minute of a three-minute game. <laughs> so this poor guy essentially had to do an entire monologue by himself without asking a question. So I understand the idea that theatre sports is a cruel mistress, but I also remember <laughs> not going to the state final again. So the idea that we lost this thing I can't remember... Uh, certainly doesn't surprise me, but I feel like there's more to this story, Charlie. (laughs) Our teams came together to shake hands and you said to me, and I'll never forget, I can't believe you guys got a 12 for that. Me neither, dude. As the crowd cleared, I approached the judges and I asked them about the final score, admitting to them that we didn't deserve it. The celebrity judge said, oh yeah, sure, they were great, but in the end, you guys were the best team overall all night, so ultimately we decided you're going to Melbourne no matter how the last game went. The night was rigged for us to win in the end. 
it should have been yours. How do you feel about that, Will? Wow. I mean, <laughs> okay. This is, okay, firstly, this is actually blowing my mind a little bit because <laughs> I, I had no memory of this. And now, like, it, this is weird because this is like, I've been very lucky in my life and I don't feel like a you know great amount of injustices have been done to me. Um, and I've just found out that one was, I was, I was, mm. an injustice has been done to me and, and my uh, high school theatre sports team, uh, monolithic Epicureanism. But at the same time, mm. you know, that path brought me to where I am now, Charlie. And what if, what if we had gone to that state final as monolithic Epicureanism and perhaps you know, with the experience we'd had from the previous year, you know, stepped up to a higher level of uh, monolithic Epicureanism and perhaps we'd maybe even won the state final of monolithic Epicureanism. Well, you know what we would have done then? We would have gone, let's go on Hey Hey It's Saturday. We should do Red Faces yeah. as monolithic Epicureanism. And then we'd be like, mm. you know, we'd be in this group that, like, that we met at high school and suddenly like we're professional improvisers. I mean, that's not a path mm. that I wanted to pursue with my life, Charlie. <laughs> Especially if you went into red faces doing blackface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was our. our that was our. That was your closer. The <laughs> Jackson Drive. Yeah, we're like, hi, hey, we're our monolithic Epicureanism, and uh, for us, every week is book week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's an obscure has- joke, by the way. I should explain <clears throat> to any of our listeners who don't understand that reference. It's one of my favorite references because every year in Australia. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying this episode of uh, TOEFOP. It's a bloody delight. It's an Australian podcasting staple. And if you want to make that staple part of your diet, Mason. Yep. Just staple it right Just a in. big bowl of staples. <laughs> just chow down on a big bowl of staples. You can find more episodes at uh, planetbroadcasting.com. TOEFOP also have their own website, uh, Spotify and iTunes and all of those Wherever places. you get your regular podcasts, wherever That's you find right. us, you can find TOEFOP. That's right. And that's something that we think you should do. And, and also... Have, yeah, we have one more thing to say, don't we? Yep. Well, you do. Go on. Yep. Um, see you in hell, everyone. Yeah, see you in hell, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.